0: Luke 19, 28 to 40. And when he had said these things, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he drew near to Bethlehem and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of the disciples saying, go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You shall say this, the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went, went, went away and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owner said to them, why are you untying the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus. And throwing their cloaks on the colt, they sent Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. As he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the almighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I tell you, if they were silent, the very stones would cry out. Today we celebrate
1: Palm Sunday. Today we celebrate the fact that people are starting to recognize Jesus as a king. That Jesus as a king has come to rightfully take his place, that people, the world would bow down to him, to give him glory, to shout from the top of their lungs that may the reign of Jesus be forever and ever. And some of the Pharisees looked upon this and said, tell your disciples to to be quiet. And Jesus says, plainly listen. If my disciples do not say, Hosanna, Hosanna, in the highest, these rocks around us will declare my majesty. So obvious is Jesus' reign to all of creation, that we know that even today, the world shouts all of creation, shouts, the trees shout, the stars declare that Jesus is King. And if we had some sort of translation that we could hear the voices of nature, we would hear all of nature simply singing, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. We will hear all of nature declaring, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. For Jesus has come to rule. Jesus' kingdom is here today. Today, what I would like to talk about and exposit here in Scripture is the kingship of Jesus and why this is important to you, and to me. You see, living in the United States of America, the idea of having a king or having any sort of authoritative rule over our lives is a complete anathema. We want democratic rule. We want to have a say in anything and in everything. There are some states where all decisions are made by a referendum. Every person gets a vote. We ourselves like to be in workplaces where everything is collaborative. We don't want a boss telling us what to do. We want to be a part of the progress. We, in a lot of ways, have forgotten what it means that there is a king named Jesus. And we have forgotten what it means to be subjugated to a king. And this has seeped into the church itself. You see, my concern is not too much with how the world works. The world will work the way the world works whatever time whatever culture whatever period of history we will see different types of governments we will see different types of citizenry but our concern and our primary concern is to make sure that the ways of the world does not creep in to the ways of the church for god has set up the church in such a way where Jesus is king and we are his bondservants. We belong to him. And the church has lost that sense of direction. How often when we hear a sermon, we listen to a sermon, or we read God's word, and we take a sermon as simply as, A suggestion, something to think over, something to go, oh, aha, I never realized that before. That when we read scripture, we read a fact about who God is or about what he wants us to do. And we read that and we go, wow, that's interesting. But the purpose of A message from the Lord, a purpose of God's Word, a purpose of Jesus' kingship and rule over the church through the preaching of His Word, through the reading of His Word, is for us to live in obedience to Him. That's what a king does, and that's what his subjects do. They listen to the king, and they obey the king. They understand and they know that Jesus, who we serve, is a benevolent king, a good king, a just king. And there is no reason for us to fear that he would lead us astray, or lead us in dark paths, but that our King always leads us in ways that is good for us and pleasing to Him." You see, when Jesus came in to His triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And he was riding upon that colt coming in. And the people were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, in the highest. Jesus accepted their words that they recognized him as king. And we ourselves, when we come to worship, we say these words and we sing these words to the Lord. And when we come to him and kneel to Jesus and say, You are our King. Implicit in that is the fact that we will follow our King and obey our King in whatever he says and tells us to do. And even these people do not fully understand what it meant for him to be king, and what it means to be followers of this king. We know the story. Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem was simply the beginning of his dissension into his humiliation, the fact that he would be judged and tried the fact that he would die for our sins, the fact that he was separated from his father in his death. This is not something that we understand a king to do. A king comes in and conquers right away. A king establishes his kingdom his rule his army at the instant of the victory of the battle and i'm sure lots of these people were confused jesus what does your kingdom consist of what does it mean to follow you as king tell me That I may know what it means to be your disciple. And so here we are. And I ask you the question Do you recognize Jesus as your King? Do you recognize the freedom that we have in bowing our knee to Him, in subjugating our will? to him, to giving over all rights, our own rights to him? And do you enjoy his reign over your life? There are three things in particular in Jesus' reign of how he exercises this office of of king in our lives. And I want you to listen to these three things. And I want you to preach these three things to yourselves. And I desire for you and for me in our church to obey. These aren't suggestions. Jesus is not an elected official that we can kick out. Jesus is king. First, Jesus is Lord over our salvation. Let me say that again. Jesus is Lord and King over our salvation. (coughs) Jesus is the one, as the mighty King, who came. And took away our sinful hearts and implanted in us a heart that lives for Him. Jesus is the one who came and conquered as a king and destroyed the penalty of sin in our lives. This mighty king warrior, as we can say, has secured our salvation. For us, we were in bondage. We were in perhaps a small little hamlet somewhere in the, in the middle of some for, forsaken country, being ruled by a tyrant. But this new king came in, liberated us, freed us, and now we belong to him. Jesus has destroy the power of the evil one and Jesus has established his kingdom in our lives this is why paul is able to say in the beginning of his letters like philippians or first and second timothy that he is a bond servant or a slave to the lord he has no problems and no qualms about using that term that he does not belong to himself anymore, but he belongs to Jesus. He comes to serve at the pleasure of the king. He is not here on this earth to serve for his own pleasure or for his own desires. He knows that he is a servant of God by the will of God. That God's kingdom came into his life. That in many ways he was blindsided. One that one day he lived in darkness. Not seeing his sins. Not seeing the glory and the love of the king. And the next day by God's will. The voice of Jesus came to him. And he heard, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And Saul, whose name was later changed to Paul, realized then and there that Christ was his king, the one to be served. Brothers and sisters, the kingship of Jesus starts with our salvation. The kingship of Jesus starts with knowing that we are no longer under the rule of this world, that we are no longer under the world of our old self, that we belong to God. And in so doing, we honor Him and worship Him. I want you to stop and think about this. Our world today has its own wisdom. And our world likes to define people according to their own definition. If you were live if you were to have been born and raised in India, it would be about which caste system you belong to. If you were born in China, it would be which ethnic group that you belong to. And if you were born here in the States, the, the 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 questions of race, the questions of sexuality, the questions of gender keep popping up in terms of this is who you are. Now we know scripture has something to say about all of that. We don't discount all of that. When I look in the mirror, I see an Asian. Male, born in the States, speaks English. It's who I am, by God's holy providence. But I do not belong. I do not belong to this world. I do not belong wholly to my culture. I do not even belong wholly to whatever I might have been. But whatever was past, I lay it down. Whatever the world says I am, whatever it is that I hold on to to define myself, I sacrifice and I died to. For my identity, who I am, first and foremost, is I am a servant of Jesus Christ. And I have come to bring his kingdom into being by loving others, by declaring the truth of the gospel that all men, all women in all cultures, in all times need to hear the gospel message that Jesus is king and he comes and he rules. You belong to him. You have a new identity. Hold on to it with your two hands. Praise God. Enjoy the fact that you can come to the Lord and be with Him and worship Him. Yes, we know that it can be a little bit more complicated than that. But don't complicate it to the point where you lose sight of who you are in Christ. For in the end, all these questions will be resolved when Jesus returns. And so in Jesus we walk. The second point of God's kingship is that when Jesus is king, we are called to obey. And I I really want to sit on this for all of us. We live in a culture today that is highly psychologized. We live in a culture today that allows people to express themselves wholly. Now, there is nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with with people coming to share their experience and coming to share their, their hurts and coming to share their perspective on things. But in the end, simply sharing our narratives Our stories, without subjugating ourselves to the story of Jesus, will lead us nowhere. It will lead us nowhere. And the more we as Christians simply try to find our own way, the more lost we will get. My concern with the church today is that we have looked at Jesus and we have forgotten that he is king again. That his kingship is simply a suggestion to us. We've redefined his kingship in such a way That we will only follow the king when we feel like it's expedient for us to follow the king, or when we feel like following the king. Let me say this there is no kingship in all of history where you would go to his court and the king would say, Go into battle now, where you could answer and say, Well, Today, I don't really feel like it. Well, today I'm having some issues, having an off day. The king expects us to go. Now, I'm not trying to belittle the real problems and anxieties all of us have. But if we simply sit in our anxieties, And wait for them to go away. They'll never go away. Because what you're waiting for cannot come until Christ returns. The peace that God offers us is to walk in obedience in the midst of our struggles. To walk in obedience in the midst of our pain. To walk in obedience in the midst of our sins. And this is where Jesus' power and presence lies in the believer. You know, our world is filled with many, many broken relationships. And I think relationships are more broken today than, than before COVID. There's definitely a COVID effect in the relationships between people that I've seen, not only in our church, but in our denomination, between other people that I know. Um, It's the type of counseling, this peacemaking that's been uh, a part of our ministry and part of what I enjoy doing, Um, but it's been overwhelming lately. It's been overwhelming. And I encourage all people all the time, listen, you have to reconcile. You have to forgive. You have to put in the hard work to understand. You have to put in the hard work to overlook at times. And you have to put in the hard work of trusting that that God's justice will be done. And you've got to submit yourself to the Lord and allow God's judgment and wrath to, to be on that person. And not for you to be the one who exacts judgment and wrath. But I've been seeing more and more hardened hearts in my colleagues and friends. And my prayer for them is simple. Listen, we live under God's kingdom. God tells us to forgive. God tells us to love our enemies. There is no ifs ands or buts. God does not allow us to exact revenge. Yes, we must be wise. But if our hearts are set out to justify ourselves and not to submit ourselves to God's kingdom, And we won't see God's kingdom. And I would say to my friends, and I say, listen, my prayer for you is that you would at least weep that your heart can't obey the king. Just start there. Go to the king. Bow your knee. You see your king, your king says to you, go and forgive. And at least throw yourself at God's mercy and say, God, I know I should, but I can't. Forgive me and help me. For I want to be a good and faithful servant to you. We, as God's people, need to walk in obedience to all the things that He's commanded us. We are not to be stingy. We are to forgive quickly. We are to live a life of purity. We are to love the brothers and sisters in the church. We are to share God's message with all. and we were to do so by simply saying yes my king i shall go you know as a as a parent i would rather have and i think all of you could agree with this even in the workplace when you have someone under you you would rather have someone follow directions and perhaps misunderstand and make a mistake and learn from that. But someone who would just question your order. If my kids would question everything we told them to do, we'd have issues. God wants you to obey. And if you mess up, it's okay. For God sees your heart, and God sees your desire to do what is right for Him. And God will be pleased with you. Thirdly, and lastly, I know this is going too long, is that God's kingship is over all of the earth. We do not have to fret about what happens in our society to such an extent that we ourselves can't pray, that we ourselves would not be able to sing songs to God, that we ourselves would not be able to have hope in God. Every single kingdom in all of history has been subjugated to God. Every single kingdom had to answer to God and His disobedience. God Himself has judged All the kingdoms that we have seen in the past. We see that in scripture. God judged the Egyptians, God judged the Canaanites, and God judged the Israelites. God himself will enact his justice according to his time and his wisdom. In the midst of living in these places, our duty as God's church. As God's church, the the, the central duty of God's church is to bring about the good news of Jesus Christ and his kingdom, to go forth and love people who are in front of us at the very least, to pray for our leaders, to be able to talk with some of these leaders and to talk about justice and talk about righteousness. But it is God who moves their hearts, not you and me. It is God who will work through them, not you and me. There will be cases of Pharaoh that God will use who destroys who God destroys. There will be people like King Cyrus, who, who God used to allow the Israelites back into the promised land. Who are we to know how God will use the leaders of our world? But pray for them. Stand in the gap for those who are, who are weak. Proclaim the good news of Jesus and his kingdom to all and that Jesus is king let him do his job for his kingdom will come and his kingdom will reign forever and ever today's palm sunday today we recognize God as our Jesus as our king follow his rules and his kingdom And God will give you life. Don't change his rules. Obey him that you may be called his sons and his daughters. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy in all things once again. We ask of you, Lord God, to help us as your people to follow in obedience to you, your King. You know what's best. You rule. And so, Lord, help us to to bow our knee to you in all things. Lord, if there are people who need help, help us to be those who help because you, the king, tell us to help. Lord, if it means that we need to sacrifice, teach us to sacrifice. If someone needs to hear that Jesus is king, let us go forth and tell them Jesus is king. Lord, if we need to turn the other cheek, help us to turn the other cheek. If we need, Lord, to, to, to help our brother to, to see their, their waywardness, help us to do so in the name of the King. Help us do all things, Lord, under your name, that we may, Lord, live as your good stewards, as your good servants, as your good people. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.